Hi, this is Surya Devi, and welcome to A Voice for Love. I'm a world music artist and healer from Vancouver, Canada, with over two decades' experience serving individuals from all walks of life. We're going to be speaking with leaders and visionaries from around the world in the field of art, music, activism, health, education, spirituality, and more to talk about what it means to be a voice for love. We're going through massive changes on the planet right now, and I believe that what the world needs more than ever are people who are aligned, heart-led, and who can speak from the soul to help usher in even bigger shifts that will elevate us all into a more harmonious existence together. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to A Voice for Love. This is Surya, and I'm so excited today to welcome my wonderful guest to you, Robin Rivera. Hello, Robin. Hi, 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 hi. Thank you so much for joining us here. Robin is a shamanic priestess and divine creatrix. And Robin, would, will you tell everyone just a little bit more about yourself for anyone who doesn't know you? Ay, ay, ay. There's a lot to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would consider myself someone as a spiritual warrior who survived an incredible adversity. And now really what I've created out of that adversity is a transformative healing practice and online courses. I train other um, healers and coaches how to facilitate transformational sacred ceremonies. And I also teach them how to explode their online businesses, which it all just kind of synergistic flows together and I'm a mama of three little ones so I'm I'm my cup is very full and overflowing oh beautiful um so we connected via social media and I've always been drawn to your well your beautiful energy for starters of course but also uh -huh. your, your openness and your transparency and that's one of the topics that we sort of explore here on a voice for love is you know speaking up and speaking out and i'm curious as to were you always this open and and or what was your process in being able to to speak so fluidly and openly and be able to tell your story in the way that you do yay i love this question no one has asked me this and it's really a pivotal part of my journey I would say that it's it's kind of twofold. It's my natural way of being, but it's also developed over years um, through resiliency. So I would say that growing up, I was extremely shy and introverted and terrified <laughs> of people. And I got a lot of messages from my mother around like, Shh, don't do that in front of people. Don't let people see your house messy, like be ashamed, be ashamed. And so as I got older, uh, you know, going through the threshold of adolescence, I rebelled against that. And then later when I got into my twenties, when I was seeking, you know, radical healing, I discovered that telling the truth freed me from shame and telling the truth made me feel better and not alone. And consequently, I discovered that it empowered other people. And so I got a lot of positive reinforcement to continue sharing my voice, to sharing my process and being real. I just found it extremely liberating to go from 
being a child told to be quiet and be ashamed of yourself to being just radically open. It's kind of like, if I have no secrets, you can't harm me. You can't like pull the rug from under me. There's nothing you can hold against me because I know myself. I know myself so much that I'm willing to show you who I am. And yeah, it just feels like an amazing way for me to free myself. And also it's kind of divinely ordered that that's also one of the most powerful marketing tools going on right now is radical vulnerability and authenticity is the only thing that can cut through the noise in the online spaces. So it worked out. Well, it absolutely did. And it's, it's really interesting that you said that about, um, like if you're, if you don't have anything to hide or if there's no shame, then no one can sort of have any power over you because, you know, there's so many people speaking about all these conspiracy theories about things that may or may not be happening right now. And one of them really involves our privacy. And and this thought I just keep having is like, well, if you don't have anything to hide, then you really don't have anything to worry about. Right. (laughs) Right. Oh, that's interesting point. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So it's a, it's, it's very, yeah, it's a very interesting point. That's beautiful. So did you, can you tell us a little bit, like, where did you grow up? Is, I'm curious about the cultural implications because something I've sort of found throughout doing this work is that every sort of culture has its own version of the shush, don't say anything type of, so I'm curious if that was a cultural thing for you or if that was just something of your mother's character or how that played in. Hmm. That's, that's interesting for me to think about. Was it cultural? I mean, everything is technically cultural and based on environment. But what I can say that's coming to my mind right now is I grew up in a middle to upper class suburban town called Pleasanton. And my father was very brown, Mexican entrepreneur. My mother was white, comes from kind of more of a conservative redneck kind of place in Oregon. Um, And I think the blend of the two or the blend of those three factors, I think fed that paradigm of putting your best foot forward, keeping up with the Joneses, don't let anybody know, don't embarrass us. Um, We have to, we have to keep up. (laughs) And I think that it was very important for my father to look good and to um, bust through glass ceilings Um, that were traditionally placed on immigrants. He wasn't an immigrant himself, but he's a first generation. He's the first child actually of his siblings to be born in America. So there was a lot of pressure in his awareness and in his character, his personality to, um, to, to have a a social standing. And then my mother, um, there was a lot of abuse that went on in her family and it was also a conservative area that she grew up in. So I think it was, I think she got that from her mother of like brushing everything under the rug and um, wanting to, yeah, not let everyone know what was really going on inside the home so that we can look good on the outside. So there's a lot of that. And I, I caught on to the incongruency with that very young, but we lived across the street from a Christian church. We'd walk across the street, go to church. We'd come back and they'd be kissing, kissing. They'd be cussing at us and smacking us and yelling at us, you know, all the way home. And so I felt like, okay, there's a, there's a disconnection here with how we're expected to act over across the street versus how we really are when we're at home. And I was, yeah, I just, yeah, I caught on to that. So I think this is a, 
evolving theme in my life of like, wait a minute, it doesn't feel good to fake the funk. <laughs> right. And so it's interesting though. I feel like, you know, many of us, again, I, I, I see these patterns play out in so many different cultures, this, you know, sort of don't, don't speak unless you're spoken to, or don't talk about something unless it's positive or these types of things. And I think for me being intuitive, and I'm curious if it was for you as well, I also caught on to a lot of things very young that um, I still think some people haven't caught on to, but it was, it was a feeling, you know, it was a feeling from, from the time I was very young. I remember having these feelings, even about the world. I was like, something's really not right down here. Like there's really a lot, like I could really feel that deception and I could feel the manipulation present both in, you know, personal circumstances and also like the TV and advertising. So I'm curious, were you aware of these healing gifts that you had? from the time that you were young or were they something that you stepped into as an adult? Yeah, I was aware, um, but they amplified, especially in the last five to 10 years, really amplified. But I think as a child, uh, I wasn't aware that it was a quote unquote gift. I just felt mm, that some weird shit was going on. <laughs> and uh, I felt very drawn and connected to the occult, in, but I wasn't allowed to be. And I had revelatory visions. I received messages and I would be, you know, moved to tears and fall to my knees from things that I was, I would realize or see. Uh, and I also experienced um some demonic stuff, not some, a lot of demonic stuff throughout my early childhood and into my adolescence. And I, I was able to kind of examine that as I got older and unpack all of that, but I didn't necessarily know what that was. By the time I was 15 years old, I was institutionalized in a boarding school in Mexico, which is a whole nother story. But in there was where I had the opportunity to ex uh, utilize my gift of insight. So we would be happy in these talking circles and we were only allowed to talk in these talking circles or when we had permission. And we were asked to give and receive feedback. We were actually trained to do this and uh, it was very, very easy for me. Was, I could see straight into people and I could articulate back to them what I saw. And it would, I, I saw that it would really move people and to tears and revelation. And I remember my mother, when I came home from that school, told me that those, my counselors and my teachers there um, were always reporting to my parents that I was really, really gifted uh, with insight, that I was really powerful in those circles, um, like remarkably. And I didn't really know what that meant until now the feedback that I get from my clients and my students is just now I'm able to embody it and accept that, yeah, oh, wow, this is something that I was born with and that I've been able to, through, you know, auspicious events, um, what a great gain greater mastery yeah that's funny the word that's like popping through my head when you when you're speaking is like the word like orator or like you know oration or somebody who has that gift and I was actually just having um a, a talk with a friend about this uh last night actually and I was and I was talking about because that's what sort of this work is about with a voice for love too is like how do we effectively communicate and get a point across because I feel like that's been one of my 
sort of challenges and, and big learnings in my whole life because I was always really angry and I get really fired up about stuff, but I noticed that that doesn't really work in getting a point across to people. So it's about finding that, that beautiful balance, which I absolutely believe that you have because I've seen you and, and the way that you're able to tell stories, it's very impactful. Hmm, thank you. That really, I don't know. It's, it's interesting to hear that because I'm just being myself. <laughs> Well, that's your gift. That's why it's a gift. And it's so interesting. I had a revelation about myself that I, now that I'm super dialed in, like the guidance comes in for me very quickly and easily. And I've actually dismissed it most of my life because it's so quick and easy and clear that I just think it's like another thought. And right. now I'm starting to realize that actually, no, this is direct guidance. And now my job is to follow it. And it's taken me this long to really understand that like, oh, it just like, especially if I'm like singing or doing something where I can kind of go into an altered space the steps come in like boom 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 yes, right? yes. <laughs> and it's only yes. now that I'm understanding that oh this is actually the guidance and then before I would kind of ho-hum and you know like oh should I do this should I not and then a lot would get lost in the deliberation process and or not even happen mm -hmm. at all because I would overthink things so much and it's really quite funny that now I'm starting to understand oh this is the guidance and it does actually come through this clear but you know that wasn't something that I personally was taught. It doesn't sound like you were either. I feel like a lot of people like us, we weren't necessarily, um, you know, raised in homes where this is what we were taught or encouraged, but rather we're presented with a, a contrast, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, two things come up when you, you're speaking of this. Wow. Oh, I, because there's two thoughts. I just lost the first one. Hold on. Yeah. So, well, the first thing that comes to mind is, um, Although there was a lot of contrast in my family, I do remember my father was spiritually gifted and I could tell him about my visions and revelations. And so that was really nice to at least have one sounding board that I could bounce the things off of and, and he would be just as excited about it as I was. But the second thing that is really coming up is like, I, I've never heard someone articulate it the way that you just did or to put it in this other context, but what you're speaking to is really one of the main pillars that I'm teaching in this immersion program that I'm running uh, for ceremonial facilitators. And I call it fertile facilitation. It's this, and you're saying it in as far as like in your music or what, whatever your inner guidance is guiding you to do. And I'm saying it in this context of uh, facilitating transformation. So, it, but it's the same exact idea. Like you said, it's this surrender to that inner guidance and not even questioning it, like not even questioning it, knowing the difference between when it's just a, a weird thought passing by and not your place. And when it is your place, when it is direct guidance and you like follow this stream that tells you step-by-step step what to do. That's what I do in the, my shamanic practices. It's like, I'm directly guided, like directly. And I only discovered this because I, I, sur I accidentally surrendered to it a few times and it, and it got the same result. Uh, and it sounds like that's what the same energy that you're speaking to, but it, it guides you through your song or through when you're working with people or however. And so it's interesting that this phenomenon I'm trying to unpack, you just regurgitated back to me. <laughs> Well, I find there's a lot of with, um, you know, this is how I know when I connect with people too. And I always connected with you from the, I don't even remember how we. Oh, it's so cool. I don't, I don't know. Remember, but I often find this, that when, you know, we're drawn to one another and then when we start to talk, it's like, oh yeah, like this yeah. Is, it's because there's all of these commonalities. And I think that because we're all 
collectively evolving together that a lot of us are coming to these, we're having these aha moments at the same time, you know, because of the consciousness yeah. is um, sort of opening, right? Like the collective consciousness is elevating and it's opening, which is why we see more and more people that are drawn towards these types of, the type of work that we do and, you know, wanting to become more intuitive and asking sort of deeper questions about life rather than just sort of, you know, going through the motions of the whole, you know, what the external world is telling us to do. So, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a process. And for me, I always find, and this is what I've always taught, like over the years in teaching courses around helping people develop their intuition is that the intuition does usually come when you're doing something else. So like when you're in the shower or for me, it's like when I'm singing, I'm doing my vocal warm ups, then all of a sudden it will come in. And it's sort of like, sometimes we need a little bit of a, if, if you just sit there and try, sometimes it doesn't work, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. You have to go to that distractions place a little bit where maybe you go for a walk or you do something that kind of gets you out of your logical brain, right? Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And what I see right now is speaking or responding to what you're saying. People are being more drawn to this work is that people are freaking waking up rapidly right now. Like there's so many people like with spiritual gifts that are finally opening up, that they're waking up and they're ascending rapidly. And that's kind of why not kind of, that's what birthed these new phase of my online programs is because I'm like, holy crap. Like I, I'm, I've been doing this and now all the, it's people are waking up and they don't know what to do, where to go. And it's just what's happening. It's like the divine order. And I'm really excited about it because it's like, if everybody wakes up to their magical powers, to their God goddess essence to create, holy crap, like we, we are going to create something really profound and beautiful together. So it appears that it's just kind of what's happening. Oh, it is what's happening. And it, it is sort of what needs to happen because the system is telling us that is trying to get us to kind of follow a kind of herd mentality and, you know, just kind of get us to play out the motions of everyday life. And yet there's so much more to everyone than that. You know, that's a very, that's a very 3D level. Yet, as we both know, we all have a, a soul and a divine soul mission. And we're here for, you know, some kind of a purpose, whatever that is. And I mean, even a very, I always get these two things mixed up, but I, I guess like a left brain thing could be a gift, like somebody who has administrative gifts or mathematical skills, like gifts come in all forms, you you know, some of us are more intuitive and creative and, you know, and all types of people are needed and these can all be divine gifts. So I think it's really beautiful to see so many people waking up. And I think that's how we're going to shift a lot of the power in the world back into a, a more equal kind of way of living. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. And so I'm just along for the ride to do my part. <laughs> and it's pretty, pretty awesome. <laughs> I would love to. So um, I noticed that in some of your, I, I'm doing a little bit of work with you, but I would love to know about, because you have this beautiful sort of singing voice. When you do these activations for people, you sing these beautiful little songs. And I'm curious if that is something that you were taught or is that a divine gift or like, how did that come about? Because I absolutely love it. That was like my favorite. You were singing your little songs and your little, I don't even know what I had to describe it, but it was so beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. It's still developing. Um, it's much easier when there's not a camera on um, to get out of the, the mind and really into the heart. So, oh, it's just such a tender thing to talk about. Um, wow. Whew, I just feel the energy of it when, before I begin to speak. Let me just check in what wants to be shared. Hmm. 
yeah, it's um, it's really an auspicious thing, really, really sacred to me. Uh, I was not taught to do it by a person. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was, oh, I'm going to cry. Aww. Yeah. I have a deep relationship with plant and earth medicines. And I, in particular, I have a relationship with the Bufo alvarius toad. And it was that sacrament that opened up my voice and showed me my true depth of ability to um, share frequencies, healing frequencies. And when this first happened, it was profound. It was earth shattering. Even my teacher uh, closed her eyes and looked away because it was just so holy what came out. And not to say that I'm this huge holy person. I'm no more holy than anybody else. It, and we all have our gifts. This just happened to be my experience of awakening to my gifts. And it's not really about a beautiful singing voice or not. It's about sharing the frequency that I feel in my heart. And so I've developed this over the last few years. And uh, yeah, when when I surrender to it, it just comes out and what I'm doing essentially, if I were to put it in words is I'm weaving a story, weaving an intention through sound. And it feels very intoxicating to me as I'm channeling it and releasing it. And, um, and it appears to be really impactful for other people, depending on the state of what the people that I'm serving are in, you know, uh, if it's, you know, in the online space, um, and, and depending on the group of people, or if it's in person, depending on the group of people, I will go, I can go really far. It can take them really far, or I can just touch the surface and um what it what the way i experience it is um like i go to a very ancient place in my heart and it's outside of time and space and sometimes i can sink really deep into it and sometimes i can just um only get to a couple layers and i'm okay with whatever i'm able to do at that moment um and sometimes it turns into speaking in tongues and I don't know the English translation when that happens. It's a feeling and it's a, it's a transmission. It's an energy. And, and sometimes you can tell what I'm translating, what I'm transmitting by the expressions on my face. Um, but yeah, I only offer it when it feels pertinent and or when it just spontaneously comes. Yeah. It's thank you so much for sharing about that. And it's beautiful. And I, I have a little bit of um, training around that sort of thing, although it's, it's different, but it's almost something that you don't really need. It feels like more of a gift. Like I have a very small, one of my, my dear friends and she's one of my teaching partners, Marina. She taught me a little bit how to, she called it, she calls it soul language. So she mm-hmm. sort of initiated me into it a little bit. And then it sort of, mm-hmm. I, I do a similar thing too. And it sort of comes spontaneously sometimes with clients, sometimes when I'm doing, you know, performances or singing at um, events that will sort mm-hmm. of happen. And again, it's this sort of 
unintelligible language. Actually, I made a whole album. What am I talking about? It's called, I'll send it to you. It's, <laughs> send it to me. I'm the funniest person. I'm, I'm, I'm the funniest person in the world, I was going to say. But in the fact that I forget my brain is very funny and I don't always remember things. But yeah, I did. I, I made an album called Angel Soul Songs. And I made wow. one track for each one of the chakras. And I'm singing this sort of soul language and mm. I've actually met a few people over the years believe it or not who can um what's that word translate these languages mm. I've met two and they actually can they, they're an expert in all of these ancient languages and they know mm. how to and I and I shared with them my language and they told me what it was and I can't remember now of course but it was very, <laughs> of course I can't remember what it was but it's very interesting and they talked about I guess there's all these ancient languages but then just like we all have our own frequency like our own energy we all have our own soul language as well and so some of us definitely are called and sort of commissioned to be able to touch people with song and the other thing I wanted to share is that um, I will find her name but I know that there was a a woman who was, she was more involved in the church. She was a Christian woman, but she was famous for doing this. She would walk into a room and she would use her voice and kind of, again, it's sort of like speaking in tongues. That's what they would call it in the Christian world. But they, mm -hmm. this sort of exists. I've done a bit of research in this and this sort of exists across all traditions. And it's sort of this idea of speaking these mystical languages that don't always make sense but through song and this woman was incredible mm. she would walk in a room and do these sounds and people would be laughing and crying and this was very much her life's work and so oh, wow. i think it's very i think it's very important it me. yeah yeah it's very important I will, I will find her and i will uh, maybe i'll do an episode about this and i'll i will make sure i research and get the actual names first so i can point mm. people in the right direction but i remember even you know even with my son somebody pointed this out to me when he was very young, it was actually, uh, there was a birthday party and there was an entertainer there who was like a clown who was painting people's faces. And she started singing to my son. She painted his face and he just calmed right down. And she looked at me and she said, that's his medicine. Remember that if you ever need anything from him, like sing to him. And she was mm. absolutely right. And that's been something that I've taken with me throughout my parenting wow. journey with him is if I sort of sing to him, it's very soothing. And I've worked with autistic people before as well. And it's the same thing. If I speak mm -hmm. to them, not always a reaction. If I just sing and I make everything into a sing song, the reaction is, mm. it's like night and day, the difference. So I think there's a lot to be explored here within this realm of of, of medicine. It's like a type of sound healing almost. Oh, it absolutely is. I did study a bit with one sound healer. He's still, now he's a good friend of mine. His name is Madhu Anasani and he healed himself from being paraplegic through tonation, through mantra and sound. So he would lay there and he would just for hours and hours um, tone and, and share vibrations with his body. And he's now a walking performer, you know, a musician. And um, so he really inspired that also. And yeah, yeah, what beautiful medicine. As you're speaking, I just felt it so much. And I know it's going to further develop in me. It, it's such such a new gift. You know, it's been a few years that I've been using it, but it's just, there's so much to explore. And all I know is that it feels like ecstasy when I offer it. Oh, it's so, it's so beautiful. Like I said, that was my favorite part when you started doing that. I was like, I love that she does this. Oh. And, I love this. and I always love when things, um, 
it's sort of for me like a form of confirmation when things come spontaneously like that because you know you can be we can be taught things and I think it's always a balance of both I, I think having teachers and mentors are very important and and learning things properly like one of my teachers always says like you have to know the rules in order to break them properly ah. <laughs> I value that very much and I also feel that some of these very spontaneous things are also incredible and I think that's also the confirmation for us as healers like sometimes when I'm doing a session with somebody information will come through and I do not know what it means but then when I look it up it's actually what came through was the truth it's verifiable you know so mm -hmm. I always find that that's really great confirmation when we can you know bring these things through and then actually like double check it out in the world and be like hey this is a thing you know yes yeah oh yeah exciting really exciting. Oh. I love that so I would love to know a little bit more about your, because I see that this is something that you are offering a lot, is this ceremonial facilitation. And I would love to hear a little bit more about this work that you're offering. Oh, oh. It's, it's guns. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, uh, I did not know that I was going to be teaching this. And it was completely spirit-led at the beginning of the COVID thing. Uh, it just hit me like a ton of bricks um, through contrast, really. Um, so what happened was I've been on this path of healing my ancestry, healing myself, and stepping into my grandmother's shoes. She was a practicing curandera of Mexican folk medicine. She was considered a witch by her children, but she wouldn't consider herself a witch. And uh, through that whole process, I have been um, practicing her practices and opening up these shamanic portals and just, yeah, holding sacred spaces. I'm also, a, was a yoga teacher and I held my yoga classes like in a shamanic circle type of environments. Um, and then I studied and trained with, wow, some of the world's most experienced medicine women in Mexico. Um, and it will happen to be Mexico. And it's just such a sacred path to me. There's, as someone who's been through over 20 years of therapy, it was really sacred ceremonies that enabled me to get the healing that I really needed and to put, you know, like super grow on all the other work that I had done. And I devoted a, most of my life to the sacred work. And I knew that I was really good at it. And there was a level of devotion and respect that I had that I didn't see some of my brand new colleagues have. And it really, uh, I saw a lot of exploitation going on of these ways of the medicines of people, of each other. They tried to exploit me and it just honestly just fucking pissed me off. And uh, so when I got done being pissed off and also COVID shut down all of my in-person work, um, at the same time as well, I'm going to prepare yourself. I'm going to drop a bomb. My close friend was stabbed to death doing an essential job serving at-risk youth. And so all these things happened at once. I've been, you know, my whole life was devoted to transformation. But when my friend died and COVID shut down everything, I was just got in a funk and I thought, what the hell am I doing? Like, this is not enough. I can do more. If my friend was willing to die for social justice and for her soul's mission, I'm going to be willing to do that too. What is my deepest offering? 
And as I was driving, you know, through town, the tears just fell down my face and I heard the voice say, stewardess of sacred portals, stewardess of sacred portals. And I knew that that's who I was and that I had every right to stand up and to teach others how to do this in a good way. And so instead of being mad at those people, I decided to lead by example and all the earth conspired. I got the right mentor, the right coaching program, the right business model, the right, I, I drew upon all my business skills I've been studying the last six years with online business and I whipped together a three month program and it exploded. And so many people wanted it. I had like 21 signups right away. Um, I had 50 consults booked um, and I just been consistently um, serving students in that container for the last... I don't know, since May and it, I don't know, is that nine months, something, I don't know, eight or nine months. Um, not sure. Six months, something, six, between six and nine months. I don't know. What's even going on this year? I'm like 2020 is just a giant blur. I don't know. It's a blur. It's a blur. Yeah. So and it's amazing because what I'm able to do in that container, so essentially it's for people who are awakening to their spiritual gifts, who want to serve their clients and community at a greater capacity with the big guns. And what I mean by the big guns is knowing how to open up sacred portals of deep mystery and transformation um, with or without medicines, like uh, I'm talking about with or without plant medicines. Um, it's not specific to medicine work, but it is specific to holding transformational spaces. And so I take them through the process, the entire process of, you know, developing themselves so they can be confident in what they're doing. So they can deem themselves worthy to be a teacher and a space holder and a facilitator. And then I also empower them with the business skills to bring it to the world. And that's kind of my zone of genius is, you know, how do you then bring it to the world? I love marketing. I love um, multidimensional marketing, authenticity, and truth-telling, like you're saying, speaking from the heart, sharing your message, um, and, and how to do that in a way that fills your circles, fills your groups. And so, yeah, so that's kind of just has a life of its own. And so that's, yeah, that's one program and we continuously enroll people. It's an application process. And I really tune into is, do I have the particular codes to serve this person in their highest potential? And if I do, I offer them a place. If I don't, I give them a big virtual hug and, and say bye-bye <laughs> um, because I, I know that we're not designed to serve everybody. Yeah. And so, yeah. And now I feel like the next, not I feel, I know the next stage is to teach those healers and coaches how to create programs, how to expand their offerings to not just be circles, but also to offer high-end programs and one-on-one -on -one offerings. And yeah, to be an abundant you know, creatrix of their world because it's not enough to just have all your eggs in one basket. I believe that healers and light workers are to be savvy and have wealth power in these times. And so I want to empower them with everything, you know, all, all the things that they need to have this synergistic business model that both honors their time, their gifts, and their bank account. Yeah, that's kind of my hype. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Well, and I love the idea of just even training people properly for ceremonial facilitation because one of one of my pet peeves in the sort of modern spiritual and online world is that like mm -hmm. everyone and their dog is now like calling themselves a healer and a shaman and you know some people are 
trained and some people are not. And some people even teach like some coaches and some schools and stuff teach like, Oh, you don't have to be trained. You can just, you can just go and do it. Like, I'm like, well, yeah. Like, and I'm like, yes and no. You know, like, I feel like we have to have the right teachings and the right, and especially it has to be done with respect and honor. Yes. That's amazing. (laughs) That's amazing for me. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm so grateful that I was, tra- I was trained in boot camp style ways, like with the most, the, with the strongest ethnogen in the world. And so my ass was kicked and I, and even when you're not in training, your ass is still being kicked by spirit preparing you. It's like a, you sign up for the big guns, you're going to get the big guns and it's going to prepare you and humble you to your face, you know? And so that I'm, I'm just so grateful because that helps me to remember that this is not the Robin show. Yeah. I have to show up in the online space and share my message because that's the only way that people are going to hear me. And that's the only way that I'm going to be able to share um, what they need from me, but it's not about that. It's, it's this bigger thing. It's this whole bigger thing. And we're just the little ant that stewards it, that um, has a piece of, of this puzzle, a piece of this equation. And yeah, in my experience, when you don't respect the sacred ways and you're using it just for profit and you don't understand the impact that you're having on people, like you're really, as a coach, a healer, a teacher, especially someone, if you work with um, any kind of expanded states of consciousness, you have the power to reprogram people and that should not be taken lightly. That is a huge, huge responsibility and not everybody wants to sign up for that if they, once they know what that is really about. Well, and people don't realize that. I mean, me and a few of my friends, we have this conversation all the time. It's like, I don't think there's anything quite like being a healer. Like if I, I'm going to say like a real healer, you know, it's like the, the level of integrity that you have to work in, the things that you have to be mindful of, like everything in your life has to be at a certain level of integrity. You have to keep on doing your own, you know, inner work as you work with others. Like it really takes a lot of, um, sort of discipline and it takes a lot of everything, you know, so it's definitely not for everyone. And I feel that sometimes the, you know, the online world will make it seem like, oh, everyone can do this and anyone can do this. And yet it's not everyone. It's not the calling for everyone. And I think (laughs) when some people get into it, it's like not, they're like, I think that's what I think people, it's the same as being a singer. I think a lot of people think, you know, it's very glamorous to be a singer and a musician and all these things. And then I always kind of giggle it. I'm like, no, you don't know what we go through. Like there's so, so I laugh sometimes. I'm like, oh, for me, it's like double whammy. I'm like singer and healer. It's like, wow. (laughs) But again, so it's learning, right? I love that you bring this up because it's, it's an analogy that I thought of one time and I share this in my, my training, my free training that I offer because I feel like it's such an easy, understandable way to understand what is going on here. So it's like, yet I do believe that everyone has shamanic codes, like shamanic capabilities mm-hmm. because we have sacred imaginations. I do believe that some, like, that everybody has the potential to tap into those realms, into those gifts. Now, that's the same thing as saying everybody has a potential to play a guitar. everybody has codes that can learn how to play a guitar but it's a matter of who wants to put the time the energy and the effort into developing that mastery not everybody right so it's not not everybody's gonna be you know Jimi Hendrix because not everybody's willing to put in the work and but everybody can learn how to play a guitar 
Um, and, and then there's people that are born with natural abilities, with natural things that once they get some training that they open up really quickly. And that's what happened for me is like every class that I took, every teacher that I sat with, I picked up what they were teaching me really quickly, so quickly that I had spiritual emergency and I had to learn how to ground myself. And I had to receive, you know, a lot of support as I accelerated consciousness, um, and so there's that. So that's kind of my take on it is like, everybody has the potential to be a healer. Everybody is a healer, but do they want to put in the work and the time necessary to be masterful, to be excellent at what they do and impeccable. And to me, that's really important. Oh, it is. And I use that analogy with singing all the time because, you know, people always say, oh, I can't sing. I can't sing. And I say, no, if you have a voice, you can sing. And then I always sort of clarify that by saying, again, not everyone is maybe meant to record albums and win awards and be a professional singer. Not everyone can still sing. If you have a voice, you can sing. And we're all healers. We're all because we're all innately divine. We are all we are all connected to the same divine source. It's just that some of us are maybe a little bit closer to that, or we're working more intimately with that divine nature, or we're more in remembrance of that divine nature, whereas other people come here and they completely forget. And that also can be their sole purpose in this life. That's right. something that I've really come to um, this year, especially. It's been very clear to me because I sort of used to be on the like, oh, let's save the whole world kind of train, like let's awaken yeah. everyone. And I'm like, you know what? Everybody's on their own path. Like everybody's. Yeah. <laughs> what they need when they need it and we can just offer what we have and just trust that people will some, some people are going to be more drawn to that and and others not and that's okay too yeah yeah sounds beautiful so please tell everyone um where where can we find you and your wonderful work where can you find me okay well my website is robin rivera ignites um i think you'll drop the link in the show notes yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I, I do a lot of stories on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram is robin.rivera.ignites. And yeah, and so that's, that's pretty much where you can see samples of my work. I believe on my website, there's a free training that you can sample um, the 10 pillars of ceremonial facilitation, which is the basis of that program. And then I will be offering very, very soon a free training for healers and light workers who want to pivot their business into the online spaces. So joining my email list would be the best thing to stay up to date with those things. And yeah, I, I love to interact through the stories and share. I share trainings inside my free Facebook group. It's called Sacred, what is it? Sacred Business for Healers and Coaches. And that's um, easily accessible on Facebook. And we're in there a lot. Beautiful. And I just want to honor you, actually. And I want to say thank you for sharing your stories because, again, mm. you have a really, like, a storytelling gift. And mm. that was one of the things that's drawn me to you. Well, sometimes, you know, I know you mentioned that in the healing world, it's true, you know, authentic uh, vulnerability is this thing. And yet, so many times I see people doing that and right away I'm like, eh, they're just doing that because they were told right. to. they took they a workshop different. and somebody told them yeah. to be vulnerable. So then they're, I even get the sense that people over dramatize stories sometimes to get. Oh, yeah. I've actually been, I've actually been accused of that from a, a man in the medicine community who was jealous of me and it hurts so bad for um, him to say that because my story is actually true. <laughs> like, my story is actually true. But what I think what you're speaking to is, is when people are motivated just by significance or greed, it doesn't come from the same place. 
Yeah, it doesn't come from the same place. So true vulnerability and authenticity comes from this deeply felt place in the gut and in the heart. Um, and it moves people and it's a frequency. So like you're saying, if you're not in that frequency, it repels. Yeah. Or, well, sometimes it, I mean, it works to a point because I do see people that are, and sometimes I see them telling their story and just intuitively, I'm like, no, it's not it. And then people, well, I it wasn't people, for you. Maybe it's for someone else that's at that stage of consciousness though. Yeah. That's something my mentor pointed out to me once. Cause I get, I was getting very frustrated at one point with certain things in the online world. And she just said, you know, that's maybe their purpose to be teaching from ego right now. So just let them be, right. you know, just that's right. we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> Well, yeah, and it's it's funny because even some people I know, it's funny. I listen to the way that they tell their stories, and I'm and I know them, so I know the story, and I'm like, that's not the story. But again, this is really the interesting thing about storytelling is that we can, you know, we we can tell our story. But like you said, um, it's the difference of what place is that coming from? Like, is it coming from the heart? Is it coming from a place of truth or or something else? Right? Yeah, yeah. But I also like this piece that we're adding in of like everyone actually is serving somebody. So they're on their own path. And we have all these ideas and preference. I'm constantly reminded of this. I have all these ideas and preferences, how things should be or could be or how I like them. And really, at the end of the day, it just doesn't mean shit. <laughs> well, everything is purposeful. I mean, I, my life has been, I totally understand what you mean about sitting with teachers and sort of absorbing their medicine because I've been very fortunate. I have some incredible teachers mm -hmm. and mentors. I've had incredible ones and I've had some incredibly sort of corrupt. I've been in a few like cult-like oh, yeah. groups. I was, I had one incredibly corrupt teacher. I was even like catfished by one person on, online for years who made up fake personalities that weren't even real. Like I've got some really wild stories about all of this. And it was all a part of my learning. I learned how to teach really well. And I learned how not to teach. I learned a lot about how not to use power, right? All of these things. So you can learn either way, right? Yep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. All the things, all the things. Wow. Well, thank you, Robin. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Um, and, uh, I really encourage everyone to check out her work and her offerings. And I hope that we hear more from your beautiful little voice and your beautiful little songs. I don't know if you have a name, medicine songs, I guess they sort of are, but yeah, I, I'm sure we'll be hearing more for, from you and that, that sort of thing evolves too. And it's, uh, I, yeah, it's very powerful. I've, I've discovered extraordinary things through using the voice. It's really a, an extraordinary instrument that each and every one of us has, whether we can actually sing or not, right? Oh, yeah. And I just want to acknowledge you for being such a beautiful, loving presence. I just felt so safe with you instantly. And I felt really seen by you. And yeah, like I just felt this, this deep sisterhood immediately. And that to me means so much. Sincerity in my book goes a long ways. So thank you so much, Surya. Oh, thank you so much, Robin. Okay, everyone, Robin Rivera, thank you so much for joining us and uh, blessings to everyone. Peace. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>